really, really pours out on you, like really opens up and wipes you out in some way so that you're, you're uh, just, uh, in a sense, like you're good for nothing but laying on a floor because you're like wiped out. God's just got God's on you in some way, whether you understand what it is or not. You won't exhaust it. If you drink it all in, as much as you can take in, you won't exhaust them. There's enough for everybody. So this, this God that we represent is, um, we could say things about him because he reveals things about himself, but it turns out that we don't know everything. So I can't, my words can't exhaust it either. There's, he's a lot better than I can describe. So this is um, what we call Pentecost uh, Sunday, or in the uh, Jewish calendar, it would be the Feast of Weeks. And the Feast of Weeks came 50 days after um, Passover and the uh, Feast of Unleavened Bread. And the Feast of Unleavened Bread, one of the things they did at the Feast of Unleavened Bread is they, it was they, they called it um, first fruits. They had a first fruits offering. And Jesus, in the Feast of Passover, remember Easter, our Easter Passover, um, and actually, uh, probably the Jewish uh, Passover was the week before, I believe. That's how it works. And so, uh, but on Passover, in that, when Jesus was raised from the dead, Paul referred to Jesus as a first, the first fruits. And so, so we have this fulfillment of this Passover in Christ that God has passed over people's, um, the judgment that was due on the children of Israel. He's passed over the judgment you're not under judgment in Christ. You fail, I fail. I messed up, you messed up. I needed a Savior really bad. You needed a Savior really bad. And he, Jesus was enough. The sacrifice of his life was enough to save you, redeem you. What a great thing that is. But then, when Jesus was raised from the dead, he walked about the earth for he was manifesting himself for 40 days in the flesh, like he was raised from the dead, and then he started appearing places and doing things, and it was a physical body, he could eat food and everything. Um, and it's, the Bible tells us some things about that, but on the, uh, the last day when he was being, his, he was preparing his disciples, he said, he told his disciples before he ascended to heaven, he said, wait here. And it turns out on the, uh, the Feast of Weeks, on that day, that's the day that his disciples were in this upper room praying, and then God poured out his spirit, Feast of Weeks. Also, also the first, the feast of the early ingathering. And so now they're gathering, the first crops have ripened, and now they're gathering the crops in. Well, it's the Feast of Weeks, seven weeks they called it, because there were seven weeks after the children of Israel came out there was seven weeks, and then he gave them the law, right? Seven weeks later, and he said, remember this, keep celebrating this, Passover, keep doing this. Every year, men come and do this in Jerusalem. Feast of weeks, same thing. Men come every year. Men come, celebrate the giving of the law, and also, also this is now you have this, you're partaking of a new harvest, and that harvest, that one crop is complete, all crops are not. And, and so there's going to be a long growing season and stuff. So I'm sa saying a lot. I hope I didn't just lose you completely, and I'm sorry if I did. So Passover, Jesus fulfills it. He's the first fruits. Feast of Weeks, 
Um, uh, Jesus fulfills this, and he is raised from the, he, he is, um, starts pouring out a spirit on Pentecost. And on Pentecost, there's a bunch of people in Jerusalem, and, they, and the Bible says 3,000 people get saved, right? And give their heart to the Lord. It's outpouring the spirit. The disciples are speaking in tongues. You heard speaking in tongues today. You heard that. And God speaks in it. And God knows what he's talking about, but we don't often. So if you didn't understand what he said, you're not the only one, okay? But God can tell you what he said. God could tell him what he said, but God doesn't, it's not necessarily, unless somehow somebody says, hey, guess what? I know what that was because I speak it where I come from or wherever that is. And I've known people that, yes, 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 in Jesus' name, we bear witness. So, but it turns out when God gave the law, like the law, it was a hard thing. It told them all the stuff they were doing wrong and what they were supposed to do. And it turned out they couldn't do it. And they messed it up really fast. They messed it up so fast so that while the law was coming, so they're celebrating this giving of the law, which is a good thing because the law, according to Galatians, reveals to you these commandments that you break and that I break, these words, these things that we do wrong, that you do wrong, and the conviction that comes from them reveal your need for Jesus. You've got to have it. It's, that's what its purpose is. You've got to have it. Oh, I need help. I can't do this on my own. But when that happens, so Moses is up there meeting with God, and he's getting along. God's written it down for him, and he's got it on tablets. And then there's a problem, and Moses comes down to the camp of Israel, and they're already messed it all up. I mean, before they even hear, they came out to meet God. The mountain quaked and burned. They saw a manifestation. It was awesome. But then it's like 40 days later, Moses isn't coming back, and they're like, ah, Aaron, make a calf. And so Aaron makes, it, Aaron makes a calf. He does what the people want him to do, and, they're, and they start singing to this calf, and, they, and they're worshiping this calf. I can't believe how bad it got so fast. And that day, 3,000 of them died. But on Pentecost, 3,000 came to life. Come on. And it doesn't stop there. It keeps going there. He said, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. He wants you and me to be filled to overflowing with his spirit. Do you want that? Yes. I'm with them. Where was that? Where'd that come? I'm with them. I'm with them. I want that. Because it turns out there's something. Now, maybe if you're like 15 or in your teens or something, maybe even in your 20s, you can't relate to getting old, okay? But I can relate a little bit to getting old. And so here's what I know about getting old. The body is dying. And God is saying, I want to fill you with my spirit. That's living. So I'm choosing living. I'm choosing living. That is how to live. Live in his spirit. Live with him. The words I speak to you, he says he wants to speak to you and me words that, are, that, that, of, that turn out to be life for you. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from his mouth. So on that Pentecost day, Peter quotes Joel. Peter, who Pastor Cheryl referred to last week and did, I just thought it was just, just such a good word that God is still adding to. So I don't know where that word is going, but it's, 
that, that, that word's going to a part two, but I think that word's going, I think that word will be preached again, not just here in other places, because I believe that is, there's something in there for lots and lots of people. So thank you again, Holy Spirit, and thank you, wife, Pastor Cheryl. So he says, and it shall come to pass in the last days. So it's been the last days for 2,000 years, but that's what we call the beginning of the last days. Um, don't fight with it, just accept it. So that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Say all flesh. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. So this is a big deal. This is you. This is me. This is your neighbor. This is your friends. This is people all over the North Country, all over the world. I will pour out my spirit. Let's come into agreement with that. Come on, amen, in Jesus' name. Because his heart, he says, he says that why, why hasn't Jesus come back yet? He answers the question. God is long-suffering, 2 Peter 3, 9, not willing that any should perish. I know everyone doesn't want me, but I want everybody. And many of them, when they're given the chance, when they see the testimony of Jesus in your life, they will get it. Bing, the light bulb will come on, Holy Spirit will come, and they will say, I want that. I want him. So we have a job to do. We have a ministry to perform. There is a calling. There are little callings. There are big callings. But there is a calling. And you and I are to move by the Spirit and to, be, he's, to fulfill this. He wants you and me, he says, on all flesh, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. So you could say to me today, I'm not a speaker, but he says you are. You're a speaker to somebody. Somebody is meant to listen to you. God wants to put his spirit on you in a way that somebody you'll speak and somebody will hear words of life, words of hope. Your testimony matters. There's people just like you that are discouraged and bummed out, and when they listen to me, they don't get it, but when you light up with the Holy Spirit, they'll hear you, and they will get it. We need all of us filled with the Holy Spirit, and all of us prophesying in the greatest sense of the word, declaring who he is, and his greatness, his glory. His disciples, when Jesus started telling them in, in John at the Last Supper, start, and he was really underscoring now, he'd been telling them, I'm going to die. But don't worry, I'll be raised from the dead. They'd never seen, they'd never, well, they saw it with Lazarus, but they couldn't believe this was the way it was going to go. They just, even though Jesus was saying it, they couldn't believe it. And so he's saying, like, I'm going to die, and they got sad faces on. But Jesus has a plan. It's such a corny thing to say, but Jesus has a plan to turn their frowns upside down. And so, <laughs> and so, so Jesus saying, it's, but he says in John 16, it's to your advantage that I go. You're physically holding on to me, but I want to give you something better. I want to live in you. And I want to live in an overflowing way in you by my spirit. And so I'm going away and I'm going to send the helper, the comforter, the Holy Spirit. Young men will see visions. Amen. Pastor Josh sees lots of night visions. I see some night visions. We call them dreams. God speaks to us. We love it. We want more of it. 
and on my men servants, on my maid servants, I think this includes every Christian. Do you understand? I think, so this is like, this is one of these great things that's like, you mean I'm not left out? It's, yes, you're not left out. This is for you too. I'll pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. He's saying it again. You, so I'm, I'm saying to you, they shall prophesy. You shall prophesy. This is God's plan, your testimony, your, you speaking of Jesus. Skipping a few verses, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls, so the hearers will call. It works. It will work. Oh, holy, oh God, by your Holy Spirit. How many, of you, how many of you would just right now would like to say, whatever that means, I want that. Could you say that? God, they don't need my interpretation, but God, we want yours. Unto you be glory in the church. 1 Corinthians 6 reminds us that, did you not know that your body is the temple? So this body thing, this body matters. He says, because I'm living here with you. It took me a while to get my head around that. I can't really do justice to that right now, but that he's letting me be me but he wants to live with me and he wants to live with you. He wants to live with you and me in an overflowing way so we know him and love him. For you were bought at a price. Something he spoke to me some time ago that still comes back to me from time to time is my body and everything in it. That means this house that I live in and the me that lives in the house belong to God. Amen. He, I hope you can hear it today because he's, he's like looking at you and he loves you today. And he has a plan for you, a purpose for you. And he wants to live and share life with you. Whether you're in, in your, your st if you're still in your school years, I know. I, I can't think of anything, bet anyone better to take to school with me than Jesus, okay, than Holy Spirit. But that might not, you might not feel that way exactly. Um, because he really can make a scene when you don't want to make a scene. And I'm not trying to put on you or push on you that. But I am declaring to you, you will not know fulfillment and peace like you will if you walk with God through Christ, by the Spirit. It can't work another way. A bunch of people, midlife crisis, you know what a midlife crisis is? It's, it's successful people living their life and finding out they can't do it on their own even when they have success. It just takes them a while. So they get into their 40s and 50s and they go, you know what? This thing still doesn't work even though, even though people applaud when I come in the room. It still doesn't work. Even though I've accomplished something, it still doesn't work. The successful people, life doesn't work for successful people without Jesus. And you might have to unwrap that, but that's, I'll stand on that one. In Jesus' name. Before what, we what I just read to you, when Jesus is getting ready to ascend, he says these words. I think, it, I think they're important. He's getting ready to ascend, and he's going to say this, and then up he goes, and they're going to watch him ascend. They're, they're like, like, what an interesting meeting that was. So it's like, what are you looking at? I'm looking at the bottom of his feet. Like, what? You know, how'd that happen? So 
But he says to them, it's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. So I just, I felt like God was speaking to me and saying to me, just to encourage us to not get bothered by the stuff we can't make work and we don't understand. Because he's saying to them, you are going to miss or you're going to minimize the outpouring of the Spirit if you focus on times and seasons when I'm focused on something different. And he is focused. God is focused. He can focus on everything, and he knows what he wants us focused on. And he wants us loving him, loving each other, and loving this world. Because he is not willing that they would perish. And they need a testimony of being loved by people that actually love each other so they can believe that it's possible for them to be a part of some group somewhere that actually everybody really will work through their stuff and care about each other. Oh, Jesus, can anybody say the church is changing? In Jesus' name. When he said it's changing, it's becoming a more loving place. And I thought we were a loving place. But I believe heaven is saying more. More. In Jesus' name. But you shall receive power. You, 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 me, me, you, you, everybody. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses for me. To me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth, of the earth, here and there. Later on, after he's raised from the dead, before this, he said to them, "All authority is mine. I have authority to do things, and in that authority, he's telling them his final word to them is, "I'm giving you power." Step into God, not for us, but for you. God, you want to heal people you want to deliver people from demons and torments and vexations and from diagnosis terminal diagnosis you want to set people free god give us love for the um people in impossible situations to demonstrate you and bring you before he said this John said these words, John the Baptist. So Jesus is just, this is Jesus coming out, in a sense, or just at, the, at that time, right when Jesus is, will be beginning. And John says, because they're asking him, are you the Christ? Wow, you're pretty powerful, God. Dude, you're anointed. It's, this is great. I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming. Thank you, God, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. With the Holy Spirit and fire. Holy Spirit, baptize, immerse. He's inside of me. He's outside of me. He's on me. He's in me. He's bubbling up in me. He's a fountain in me. And fire on me, in me. Around me, fire. Fire. I don't know if you thought about it before, but what do you need fire for? Like, what do you need that for? It sounds a little dangerous. 
Fire, meaning fiery or fierce. Fire, we know fire can be destructive and fire can be helpful. Fire can separate things. Fire consumes things. Fire draws a crowd, draws bugs. Shadrach was set free by fire. Our works, according to 1 Corinthians 3, here, our works here will be tested by fire. I want something to last forever. And he says, if you have it, you have my, you have my, your, a soul. I want to bring something to heaven if I can. I want to bring people to heaven with me. I want to bring people to heaven. Fill me with the Holy Spirit, God. There are people, Randy Clark said this, I think it's worth quoting or mentioning. Randy Clark said, the Spirit of God came on him and he spoke in tongues, but he still had no power. He kept praying for power. Pray for power to be a witness. Pray for power to be a witness. That's the job. The job is not, I get to speak in tongues. I don't ever, I, f I feel like he inspires me and uses it, but I, and sometimes he lays it out to me, but it's not a language I know. It's just, it's in here. More power. More power, boy. Thank you for listening because I'm I feel like you're hearing that. Feel like there's hearts here right now that are saying, God, more power. Not like egomaniac power, but like God. You're loving people. And I sometimes can't get out of my own way. I can't get out of my shell. can't find the courage I doubt I doubt that you're really on me and in me and with me but you love me greatly God you love me so much power baptize God baptize us in the Holy Spirit and fire so that we walk in power Peter 4, he said, the time is coming, has, the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. Fire. Separate. So some things get out of my hands, so some things can come into my hands. The right things can come in. In Jesus' name. The next verse, he says, his winnowing fan is in his hand, a winnowing fan, separating the wheat from the chaff. They'd throw it up in the air, and then apparently they'd just blow on it, so the chaff would blow away, the chaff. And I just, I don't know if this was, I, I, I just kept coming to me, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. Please don't let this be your, be your prayer, okay? The chaff is the husk. The uh, fruit, the food, is inside the husk. When, they, when it's broken open and they're separating it, where they're getting rid of the shell so they can 
get the food. Get the food and not eat the stuff that's not good for you to eat. That won't, you won't digest it. We don't digest it. There are, there's, maybe there's some, I think there's some animal that can digest husk, but we can't. We don't. It just comes right through. Please don't let this be your prayer. Like when your life starts getting thrown around, you say, God, please save my husk. Please save my husk. Please save the chaff. I'm telling you, I have fretted over chaff. God's trying to do me a favor. I'm throwing you up. I'm trying to separate some stuff. I'm just doing a little, throw you up a little bit. Your life goes up in the air a little bit. You're like, ah. It's like, yeah. Finish, God. Finish. Fire. The kind of fire that separates and burns that stuff up. Because, I don't know this person, but the artist's name is signed at Ms. Joe. I love the picture, though. This God, this God that we love, that we admire, has flaming, burning love for terrible people, broken people. Thank you, Father. Um, I want to, uh, I'm going to read to you just an excerpt from Heidi Honey's book, which you can get from her. Thank you, God, for Heidi. On page... 35, and I want to mention, because it might encourage your heart, she, she um, I think page 46, and over the next maybe seven pages or something, she testifies of three healings she had, and I'm just doing that as a testimony of Jesus, and maybe it will encourage somebody here and impart faith to you. TMJ, eczema, and migraines. She, she testifies in this book about being healed of. So if you're here today with TMJ, eczema, or migraines, I bless you in Jesus' name to hear the testimony, to hear testimony that God heals eczema. God heals. Cheryl had terrible, terrible problems with eczema. God heals eczema. God heals TMJ. God heals migraines. Um, Helen Gates was healed of migraines. Helen Gates is with the Lord now, but she was healed of migraines during one of our 21-day fasts. So he's a, she's recorded here from last year, Andrew Eastman praying over her and what he said to her. And he began by saying to her that the Lord wants to restore what was stolen, what was robbed, killed, destroyed. And, and I believe that's a word of encouragement for many people here, not just, so I feel like that's from God. So he wants to restore, but we get, we get robbed. And generally, there's other people involved in us being robbed. It's our stupid and other people's badness and our badness and stuff. And so we wind up and we get hurt. And, and I'm saying this for a reason, because I believe that God is speaking and he's saying we, we as a church need to master. I felt like this was a word of God. I felt like he quickened it to me last night. He's quickening it to me right now that we need to master that's, I feel like that's the Holy Spirit's word, master unforgiveness, or forgiveness. We need to master forgiveness. So we need to get more and more with ourselves intolerant of harboring grudges, harboring stuff, carrying judgments, those kind of things, because we want to carry Holy Spirit. We're missing how much God loves the people that hurt us. We're well aware of how much they hurt us or how much they hurt our loved one. We're well aware. But we're unaware that God still has a redemptive plan for that person 
to that, that messed up person, that, that person that did evil, that did hurtful things or terrible things. He went on to say this to her. We need to come to the place to forgive people that hurt us. We need to come to the place and forgive as much as we can and leave it with God. Keep giving them to God for God to do what God wants to do. I, I had my words there, sorry. Back to Andrew's words. We can pray for them. They're probably, if, if we don't come to the place where we can pray for them, they're probably going to be doomed. And I hope you can hear it, that God's heart would be sad by that. And when we're in offense, our heart would not be sad by that. That's got to go, right? We want Holy Spirit to come in unprecedented ways through this church. That has to go. It will not, it will not house together with the Holy Spirit coming down and living among us, moving among us. They won't, they won't work together. It's offensive to God. And if he's loved you enough, and I hope you can hear it, and I understand hurts have to be healed. I believe in it. If you've got a hurt, get that hurt healed. Let us pray for you. Let us work with you. Let us help you. We have ministries that will do that. We believe in it. God can do it in a moment at the altar. He can do it through a series of meetings. He can do it a lot of ways. If I don't pray for them, they'll be doomed. Burn, burn, Holy Spirit. Burn in me. Set my heart on fire. Fill me up with the Holy Ghost and God's own desires. Make me like the Christ of old, healing and raising the dead. Give me the power that Jesus has through the blood that was shed. said it pretty good <laughs> that says it pretty good that's a great old chorus we used to sing let me burn with holy fire marked by purpose and desire set apart unto your name my life my heart my strength you claim in your holiness i see intense desire calling me away from what possessed my soul whether it's bitterness or stuff whether it's the great things of this world or the terrible things of this world that consume us, either way, he wants to be the one that's the centerpiece. Holy, holy Lord, God Almighty, I adore. Okay, four things. Number one, his fire releases his grace. Why do we need fire? We need a release of the glory of God and the grace of God and the goodness of God. Malachi 3.2, the verse on the lion's picture there. For he is like a refiner's fire. The fire comes and the gold is separated. Hallelujah. The good stuff is separated from the stuff that's got to go, the dross, the waste, the impurities. I know fire can hurt. I have a scar there. I was burned as a child. I have a scar there and a scar here. I cried that day. He says, he goes on to say, he will purify the sons of Levi, purge them. So his fire raised them to another level. The fire came. He purifies the ministers, 
the servants of God, the priests. Turns out New Testament, that's us. In Isaiah 6, Isaiah says, he begins by saying, I saw the Lord sitting on his throne. And as it goes on, an angel comes to him as this vision unfolds. An angel comes to him and takes a coal, a hot coal off the altar and touches it to Isaiah's lips. And in the next verse, he asks the question, who will go for me? And Isaiah says, with his cleansed lips, I will step into that level. Here am I. Send me. Don't say no to purging. Don't say no to pruning. Don't say no to fire. Don't say don't say, but I want to be comfortable. Say, God, make me comfortable in your presence. Make me comfortable with what you do and the way you do it. The Apostle Paul went through fire. He could say to people, don't meet many people that say this, but Paul said it, imitate me just as I imitate Christ. That's a guy that went through fire. That's what that says to me. Number three, his fire, his fire reveals our hearts to us and to others. He already knows your heart, but fire comes. Proverbs 17, 3 says, The refining pot is for silver, the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. In the book on Offendable, Pat King says, God spoke to her and said to her, I want to, uh, I want to make you unoffendable. And she thought, she thought, I walk with God, I love God, I love the church, I love people. This is going to be easy. <laughs> she thought, this is going to be easy. So she said, yes, Lord. Then some fire came. And it showed, it showed that even driving her car, she could be judgmental. Just like that, she had, she'd had no idea. In situations, she was just like grumbling and she found herself critiquing people and just, just being, being more an observer and a critic. Still loving God, still loving people, but God's saying more, Pat, you need more fire. And apparently there's people that like Paul Gemitter that need that book. So, so I want you to write the book, and he'll read it, and it'll help him, and I will help you. In the Feast of Weeks, and um, here's why I say this. In the Feast of Weeks, it's the only offering where they brought leavened bread. It's the only one they brought leavened bread. Two loaves of leavened bread. I want you to hear this. Paul's saying this in Ephesians chapter 2, which Dan asked you to read a bunch of times, Dan Tabalt, when he was here. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. We are his workmanship. This sounds really great. For good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Awesome. Therefore, because we are his workmanship, created in Christ, because we are, the verse before that, because we are saved by faith and we belong to him, we've received this, 
this gift of salvation. Therefore, remember that you once Gentiles, and he starts into basically two loaves, two very different, the circumcised and the uncircumcised. You were outsiders. We, the Jews, knew stuff. We knew the law. We knew things, and he drew us to Christ. You knew nothing, but he drew you to Christ, and he made us one. In Christ Jesus, verse 13, chapter 2, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood, for he himself is our peace who has made both one. Us and them. God wants a church where us and them, whatever your former us and them were, this is us, that's them. Wherever, whatever that us and them thing is, God wants a church where us and them are one in him. Is that a little scary? Can you get it that God knows best? He reveals our hearts. God, bring it. Last one. His fire removes encumbrances. In Malachi, the priesthood was purged so they could offer sacrifices of righteousness. He's removing stuff like the love of money, the carrying of grudges, the, the, seeking, the seeking my own will. He gives us all things to enjoy, but when we're pleasure-focused, not Christ-focused, we're missing the point. Remove those encumbrances. Remove those encumbrances in Jesus' name. Remove the bondage. Remove the shackles. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. So today, I just declare he stands at the door and knocks. Your heart, my heart, this church's heart. This great yearning in God that wants to show himself, not just through this church, through his church, to a dying world to broken lives, broken families, broken stuff. Baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Baptize us in fire. Let's stand together. Some of you may really want prayer today, and that's great. But everybody praying right now, if you're willing... You pray right now. We're praying together. Baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Baptize me in fire. If you're afraid of the fire, maybe you need to talk to somebody. Because the, uh, the fire will destroy something, but it won't destroy you. It's meant to help you. Baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Because you love people, God, baptize us in the Holy Spirit in fire. Because you love us, God, baptize us in the Holy Spirit and fire. Because you love this world, God, baptize us in the Holy Spirit in a fresh way and fire. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, 
with your life. Come with your light. Come with your fire. Come in these lives. Come, Lord. Let there be room. Let stuff leave that you might take, make more room, that you might have more room inside of us. Let things go. Is there something, God, that you want to go right now? Is there something, God, speak to hearts, God, right now? We want you. We want to be filled. We don't want to just be able to speak in tongues or see something. We want the power that we might make you known, God, in Jesus' name. We want to move in power. We want to move with you we want what you said we're supposed to get we want what you have for us so baptize us in the holy spirit baptize us in your fire fill us again lord with your spirit fill us again with your fire keep moving in us god we're your temple we want you god we need you god in the name of jesus fill us with you god Fill us with you, God. It's what Jesus prayed for. This is to your advantage. So God, turn it for our advantage that we are more connected, more in tune, more filled up, more overflowing with that, that river of God, with the Spirit of God. Thank you, Father. I am sure some of you, I am sure some of you would benefit from prayer, okay? But you've got to decide. Holy Spirit, speak, and you come right now. In Jesus' name. If you if Spirit of God is moving on you, don't be in a hurry to go. Don't be in a hurry to go. Let God, let it soak. Let what God's doing, take it in. Maybe there's, he's, he's getting your attention. That's a good thing. So let it work. Just uh, feel free to stay. Feel free to pray. Feel free to come. In Jesus' name, we bless you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We bless Thank you, God, for reminding me, God. I bless those families specifically. I think of this Memorial Day holiday. I bless, God, families, the, uh, the lives of families and vets that have suffered, particularly those, those that have laid their lives down. And, God, that um, we bless on this day. We remember those families. Baptize them in the Holy Spirit. Baptize them with fire. Loved ones that have been left behind, baptize them in the Holy Spirit. Baptize them with fire. Satisfy, comfort those hearts, God, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, and if you want prayer, please, please, please come.